Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. 8.13 on this Wednesday morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Eric Bilstead back from a nice vacation. I'm just back from Washington, D.C., where it was an extraordinarily emotional day and exhausting in every sense of the word. Traveling with the Milwaukee delegation, about 200 Jews from southeast Wisconsin on board a charter flight. Uh, and they went to attend the March for Israel on the National Mall in Washington. So, Eric, you were gone when this all developed, but I had an opportunity to join the delegation to cover what I saw and everything that, that happened. And I say emotional. The primary takeaway I had personally and what I was able to experience was just being fully immersed, sort of embedded. You hear about reporters being embedded sure. overseas yeah, yeah. with troops or whatnot. I was embedded in this delegation and got to engage in one-on-one or several of us talking conversation about everything that's happening in Israel, about anti-Semitism, about Gaza, about civilians in Gaza, all of this stuff. And I get to ask whatever I wanted and talk and converse with people about their varying opinions. And that's my favorite, though, is when you get perspective from you know those who are in it, so to speak. You just learn something new that way. And I got a lot of from even people I've been friends with for years in the Jewish community, a lot of like, okay, do you see? Have you seen some things right. here? Things that we would talk about um, that maybe didn't make as much sense until you're in it. To me, things like, for example, the concerns that they had about whether or not everything that they had planned out, and this came together in a matter of days, this march that some are calling the largest rally of Jewish people in modern history, the largest gathering and rally of Jews mm. in one spot in modern history played out on the National Mall yesterday. And it came together in literally a matter of days. Milwaukee Jewish Federation led the coalition uh, the delegation from here in Milwaukee. The North American Federation, uh, North American Jewish Federations of North America was the large scale organizer. And this came together in a matter of days. And at Every turn of when do you board the flight, where do the buses pick you up, all of these things. There was concern of not so much safety, although that's there. Sure, of course. But are people going to allow us to do what we have come here to do? Or are there going to be barriers put up? Oh, you mean like protesting or something different? So the example was our delegation landed in Baltimore, got off the plane on the tarmac, boarded buses, buses bound for the National Mall in D.C. Same situation played out for the delegation from Detroit. Okay. They were on their way. They landed at Dulles. What I'm told by multiple people on my group here in Milwaukee who had family and friends on the Detroit group, plane landed, everybody gets off, three buses waiting to take them to the National Mall. A couple of those buses, two of the three, driver refused to take them. Said, Why? Why? No. I am not taking these people to go do what they're doing because I don't agree with the cause or I have a problem with a busload of people like this. And and they were not surprised. Nobody on that bus was surprised that, that I was with. Like and, and that's when I got the see man, like we've told you about this. Wow. This is our reality that we have concerns about this. So I'm grateful for uh, the Jews here from Southeast Wisconsin that we had l- really a flawless opportunity to go and for them to do what they went there to do. A whirlwind day. We got back at 945 last night at Milwaukee Mitchell, having arrived at the airport a little after 4 a.m. Uh, also, thanks to John Mercure, to Adam Roberts in the newsroom and others here, uh, Dylan on our digital team who helped us tell that story 
and stepped up. Merck did the morning show and yeah. the afternoon show. That's awesome. So he had a double so because you were still gone. So uh, an opportunity that was provided so that I could go do that. want to start with this, what is most relevant to people. As there are still this morning 239 hostages, Americans among them, still being held, presuming they are alive, by Hamas. The overriding message and speeches on the mall, on the lips of everyone I spoke with, from conversations on the plane and the bus to sitting there at the Jewish Museum in Washington, where we stationed out of, get them home. Primary focus of the event and on the consciousness of everyone was the release of the hostages. No matter what side or what feelings you have about this, we ought to be able to unify behind that message, right? That should be pretty simple. So the elephant in the room, as I was telling you, I said the not just an elephant, like herd of elephants. The question that continues to come up, this global criticism erupting over Israel's response to October 7th. And that's when this thing began most recently, this latest chapter in thousands of years mm-hmm, right. of strife. Even those who are sympathetic to the Israeli cause, who aren't supporters of terrorism or aren't anti-Semites, they're at least disturbed by the rising death toll in Gaza. I think that's fair. And they were asking me, are you going to ask about that? Or in our conversations, yes, but what about that? So I want to start with this bit of exchange that I had on the flight out with Miriam Rosenzweig. She is president and CEO of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. The question keeps coming up, but what about Gaza? What about civilians in Gaza who are also suffering? How do you, how is the community reconciling with the horror that we're seeing there? Well, first of all, what you will not see at this rally is anyone celebrating the loss of civilian life in Gaza. So let me stop her there. That's true. To a person, everyone who spoke at the rally, and you had lawmakers from both sides of the aisle. You had Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer went out there. You had the newly elected House Speaker. Mike Johnson was there. You had both sides of the aisle, leadership in both houses, um, both saying the same thing. They spoke of the desire for peace with the Palestinian people, spoke of Hamas. Other speakers got up, uh, prominent Jews talking about Hamas holding the Palestinians hostage. War is terrible, but this is a war that Israel didn't want. And I think we have to believe Hamas with their words, where they came out and they said, uh, the tunnels are only for the fighters. They're not for, they're not for the civilians. It's not our responsibility. It's only the UN's responsibility. And so they're not worried about the people of Gaza. And it's pretty shocking that everyone is only asking the Israelis, what about the civilian? Where is the outrage about Hamas? Where is the outrage that they are putting themselves under hospitals next to schools? in the mostly densely populated area and when Israel says, which I don't know any army that says we're coming to northern Gaza, move south, they told their people don't go and stop them from going. Increasing evidence that that is true. The U.S. says it has seen evidence that Hamas is doing exactly as Miriam describes there. Let me throw this update in from ABC's Justin Finch in Washington. Overnight, the Israeli military launched what it calls a targeted operation at Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza. The Hamas-run health ministry claims dozens of soldiers were inside the emergency department as Israeli forces searched the hospital's basement. U.S. officials say there's evidence that Hamas has been using tunnels beneath hospitals to hide weapons and hostages. A senior U.S. official calls the tunnels multi-layered and extensive, containing hundreds of Hamas fighters who've set booby traps. So the folks I talked with put it out this way. Look, the, the demands for a more measured response, the Israeli Defense Forces are saying they're, they're being fired upon from hospitals and from schools, that these are staging areas. You had reports this morning that IDS 
actually raided that hospital, the Al-Shifa hospital, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and was trying to be targeted about their approach. And people can disagree as to whether or not that's the case, but that's what they're laying out as they work to locate and free hostages. These sadly are areas of engagement. Let me bring Miriam back one more time again, president and CEO of the Milwaukee Jewish Federation. I was talking with her as we were on the flight out to Washington. So do we worry about civilian life? Of course we do. Of course we do. I'm, it's so sad to see what is happening there. But what choice does Israel have when Hamas then says that they're going to do October 7th again and again and again? And the last one he said a few days ago was, we'll do it 10 more times. What country would allow that to be in their borders? So from a human standpoint, that's not a great answer. Right. But right now, it's the answer that Israel feels it has only. And the other sense that I got in being surrounded by this group is how many people have gone through sort of this same thing before. This is like back to the future for a lot of folks. I spoke with people whose parents were Holocaust survivors. And so they know directly the horrors of the late 1930s and the 1940s that played out. And so that happened. I spoke with a woman who is... um, she came here from the old Soviet Union, where Jews were not allowed to practice freely. She came to America so she could practice Judaism and to be, she said, I want to be a proud American Jew, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to come, come do this. There was a rally in 1987 that so many spoke about that some of them had attended, begging for the freedom for Jews in the Soviet Union to be able to practice. And that, so it's like, it's, it's this, here we go again. Right. So in cyclical ter- thing. Right. So in terms of what, what ought the response be, okay, this has happened again. So I guess you can fire a few rockets over into Gaza and then get some temporary relief. But Hamas is still in power. Things haven't changed. And then just wait for several months or several years or whatever and have it happen again. So I do hear this sense that... And not everybody's monolithic about their view on Israel within the Jewish community. But one thing that unites them of enough, we have to deliver a response here that causes this to not happen again. So we're not marching for the same thing in another couple of years or five years from now. Plenty of support, I'll add, for a full-out ceasefire as a promise for the return of hostages. As for that, most moving part of the day without question was, for those in attendance, the testimony from families of people who are still being held by Hamas. We'll address that when we come back on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up on 8.30, Wisconsin's Morning News. Can I, before we get back into it, can I share this from friend of the program, Mark Cass, of the Milwaukee Business Now, Journal. in his defense, he's a busy man. Okay. Got a lot going on over there at the Business Journal. So Cass was among those who were curious about how my trip to D.C. with the uh, delegation here of Jews yeah. from Milwaukee and southeast Wisconsin. So he texts me just now at 8.18. How was the trip? Looked very impressive. <laughs> yes, I'm on. Listen to the show. I'm doing it right now. Let's talk about it for 15 right. minutes and teased ahead. And I got more a few was, more. Yes. Come on, Cass. <laughs> so, yes. Back from Washington, whirlwind trip to the National Mall. We cover the Milwaukee delegation that took part in the March for Israel. Israel's handling of the war we addressed, and you know, folks continue to ask that question. It's an important question to be asked, and I did not feel, while you heard in some of the responses that I shared, Jews saying, why are we being asked this question when we don't feel like other nations are asked the same question when they respond to being hit? To what degree was America asked about 
you know, the civilian toll when we responded to 9-11. Sure. Or, you know, there's something there. So, but that said, I still answered it and still understood, like, we, we get it. We need to continue to make our case. We need to continue to talk about these things. And nobody on this trip said, don't talk about that. Nobody on this trip said to me, we don't want to discuss this or we're not going to answer your questions. People were happy to engage in dialogue, which I thought was really healthy and, and interesting. The most moving part, though, for so many on the trip was was hearing from these families. Three women got up in the rally and spoke. These are women who have family members who are still being held hostage by Hamas. One of them is Rachel Goldberg, whose son Hirsch was taken on October 7th. ABC News talked with her after she gave that emotional appeal on the mall. It's so hard. It's not describable. It's not imaginable, even to me, what we're going through. So I have to stay strong and I have to survive. It's the only way we'll save him. So I believe her son is 22, early 20s, was taken. I mean, Whoa. just put yourself, you're a parent. Can't, can't, cannot fathom that. Right now, her child is somewhere, as far as she knows, in the hands of the most horrible people on earth. And that's all she knows. There's no information coming out about where specifically he might be, what sort of harm he may have encountered, mm -hmm. or what that. And that has been her reality for weeks on end. And talking with folks from Milwaukee after, it was, it was her story and a couple of others that really set the tone for what the demonstration was about. I'm sitting on the floor at the Capitol Jewish Museum, which was a few blocks from the mall, and it's where the Milwaukee delegation staged. So the buses came there, dropped everybody off, people got set to go, got your wristband to get into the mall, walked together, went to the to the mall, came back there to stage again and get back on the bus. So when there was that downtime in between, just people sitting around. I talked with a number of different people. Like, what folks were exhausted, like emotionally exhausted. And what were, what were your takeaways? What what moved you? Talked with uh, my guy, Moshe Katz, on uh, what his takeaway was. I thought the um, mother of one of the, oh, yeah, call from the kidnapped yeah, call from the children was the most powerful right. speaker of all of them. She was just sassy enough she was just tart enough to make us go we have to listen to you we have to hear your voice uh, she was she was my favorite um, seeing the sea of people supporting Israel because sometimes you feel a little alone it was spectacular seeing that kind of a boundless support from the right from the left from everybody in between just the, this unity and standing for Israel was wonderful you know and that did it for me so for most of us what we talk about the hostages Faceless, nameless, group of 249 people that we don't know. Just a number almost. Right. Yeah. They're actual people. And when you hear mm -hmm. from someone whose son or daughter is missing, or another woman spoke of, I believe it's her cousins there, they were the story of the entire family that was taken. They had managed to hide out in a bunker for hours until some fire was bringing smoke into this underground bunker and they had to evacuate. And then they were taken. Whole family, gone. And she's living with that right now. There is movement on negotiating the release of hostages. Uh, one more from ABC's Justin Finch on what that's looking like. A senior Israeli source says progress has been made towards a deal that could free some of the 239 hostages being held by Hamas. The source saying the breakthrough could come within 72 hours. Yesterday, an estimated 290,000 people gathered in Washington in a march for Israel. Among them, the family of three-year-old Abigail Moore Ida the youngest of the Americans taken captive by Hamas. Her parents were killed. Her family says the toddler crawled from underneath her father's body before she was kidnapped. Terrible thing to play for you early this morning, but 
it's important for us to to hear that and to remember that and that's the genesis for everything that has happened since and again there's a three-year-old little girl somewhere being held right now what her family is going through and so in terms of the response as we all talk through the politics of it and the impact of it there aren't great answers to how you deal with this and things are still undetermined in terms of a ceasefire which has been brought up Everybody I spoke with from the Milwaukee delegation seemed supportive of that if it meant the release of the hostages. So that, to me, was the overriding theme of the day was get these folks home and then we'll see where the dust can ultimately settle. And then what about the future of Gaza? Nobody's got an answer for that either. What happens in this piece of land? What happens with the Palestinian people who are still there? And what is the future of governance for that land? But hostages first, then everything else. 835 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I forgot to say in my tease, coming up next, is it that horse Would tease? be a horse thing. <laughs> yeah. Quick horror story here. It wasn't a snake on the plane. No, it was a horse that was loose. It wasn't a typical call made by the pilots flying a Boeing 747 that was out over the Atlantic Ocean after taking off from New York's JFK Airport heading to Belgium. Yes, sir. We are a cargo plane. Uh, we have live animal horse on board the airplane, and the horse managed to escape his stall. The audio from liveatc.net, the pilot saying they needed to dump fuel and return because the horse was out of its stall in the back. We need to return, return back to New York. We cannot get the horse back secure. After dumping fuel, they turned around and went back to New York. Alex Stone, EBC News. Okay, so they're in a 747. Didn't know that. That's a lot of room yeah. for that horse to be. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for the roasted peanuts or whatever. It's hungry for something. Sir, you need to return to your seat. <laughs> I guess there is, like, if, if you have an unruly passenger who won't sit down at the orders of the flight crew, you have to return. Right. Yeah, got to come back. So we're going to have to turn. If you will not be seated, we got to. How much more do you want? Do you want any more? <laughs> I just know you keep doing or, or the story is done? <laughs> I know. We're... Luckily, they did make it to Belgium later on, and the horse is now good to go. And everybody's okay. <laughs> 846 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Things still backed up a bit on 43 northbound. We had a car fire there earlier. How car fires work is they're spectacular for a really short amount of time. Like, they burn like crazy, smoke like crazy, and then... Kind of burn out pretty quick. But then oftentimes, there's still wreckage and debris sitting there yeah. that has to be cleaned up. So the, what, this is north of Capitol near Silver Spring and that stretch there, right? Affecting northbound traffic through the construction zone there. Sorry about that, guys. Because <laughs> the traffic's never bad over there. Anything else going on in that, Deb? Uh, well, we've got base, definitely delays, and they are like offloading the debris from there. It's basically all ash in there so i'm seeing shovelfuls of ash being knocked over Ugh. and into the side of the road so um it's going to be there for a while two right lanes are still blocked with that and so we're seeing backups basically from fond du lac avenue and it's solid all the way up to that point oh man all the way into downtown yeah yeah all the way back to, to fond du lac avenue is where where the red red line is on my map all right well report back to us you betcha <laughs> you're free to go thank you <laughs> Lori and fond du lac texting on the old national bank talk and text line Glad Eric and Vince are back. Hey. A great team. Yeah, you had an extended good to break be back, here. Yeah. Good to be Va- back. Vaca- I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. Out of the country there for right. a week, so it was fantastic. So good to have you back, and uh, thanks again to John Mercure for filling in for me Absolutely. yesterday so I could do the trip to D.C. So it was nice to know that when I return that nothing has changed <laughs> in Washington. The first rule of Fight Club is 
You do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. So that's the uh, House Speaker there speaking. <laughs> Might as well be. Yeah. House Speaker well, asking everyone to talk about, about Fight Club, but no. apparently he's in it. Charter member. Man, so this is remarkable. So former Speaker Kevin McCarthy getting into it now, even though there's a crucial vote on uh, averting a government shutdown yesterday. No, what are we talking about? No, GOP members yelling at each other and in some cases fighting. Congressman Tim Burchett says former Speaker Kevin McCarthy elbowed him in the kidneys during an interview with NPR. The audio caught on tape. Oh, what kind of chicken move is that? You're, you're pathetic. You know, it was deliberate. It was just a, it was just a cheap shot by a bully. Elbowed him in the kidneys. Mm. How do you even do this? So what, he's walking by and just giving him a hoop. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, boom, just a little, little shoulder. Yeah, and apparently this is something that McCarthy has been known for. We'll get to that in a second. But first, he was asked about this. Reporters cornered McCarthy later. A reporter was interviewing Virtue or something. I guess our shoulders hit because Virtue runs up to me after. I didn't know what he was talking about. So the reporter's asked me. I did not run and hit the guy. I did not kidney punch him. I did not shoot anything like that. He didn't shot him. No. <laughs> oh. I didn't. But apparently this is something that he has done before. Adam Kinzinger, former congressman, you remember him? He was uh, one of the congressmen who was anti-Trump, and he ended up basically signing his future off. Blowing himself up because of that. So in his book, he says that McCarthy basically has done this before and responded to him being anti-Trump by trying to intimidate him in the book. Once I was standing in the aisle that runs from the floors to the back of the chamber. As McCarthy passed with his security man and some of his boys. <laughs> Can I stop you there? I love that imagery. The entourage. Just walking through. It's like yeah. they're in the cafeteria. He veered toward me, hit me with his shoulder, then kept going. If we had been in high school, I would have dropped my books and papers would have scattered. I would have had to endure the snickers of passersby. <laughs> yes, that's what it would have been and like. Some, some classmate of his would have, hey, leave him alone. So this is hey, a McCarthy bully. thing, apparently. So is anyway, it though? It is? I get Well, his and who does that? Kinzinger wrote it in his book that it happened twice to him. And here, Burchett's all upset about it. Saying he elbowed him and then we kind of heard that in real time. It wasn't oh, like yeah. he, you know, came later. Hey, here's what happened. Like, no, yeah, but no. just elbowed me in the kidney. We don't, we don't talk about Fight Club. But then there's this: a congressional this hearing, an angry confrontation between a senator and a witness. Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. He's from Oklahoma. He challenged Sean O'Brien, who's a Teamsters president, one of the union presidents, to a fight during a hearing. Sir, this is a time. This is a place. If you want to run your mouth? We can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. <laughs> you stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. Is that your right. solution? Every poll. No, no, sit down. Right, sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Active. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Mr. Hold Chairman. it. Hold it. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. the gavel. There, we, there go. we go. Can you play that again? Can we can we go through it? No, no, you're you. a United States senator. <laughs> no, not that it's part. Hold, start at the beginning. Yes, start okay. at the beginning. All right, yep, I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. Stop. Okay. So Okay, that's fine, says here's the Teamsters US president. senator talking to someone who's testifying before his committee. Do you want to stand up? you want to do yeah, okay, yeah, fine. Yes, I do. Uh-oh. You want to do it now? <laughs> I'd love to do it right now. <laughs> okay. Well, stand your butt up, then. You stand your butt up. You stand your butt up. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you stand up. I'm not standing up. You stand up. You're who's, the one. So who's peacocking first? Are you going to peacock first or am I going to peacock first? One of us has to peacock first. And then when oh, it, beca- oh, yeah, it becomes apparent <laughs> yeah. that these guys might actually fight. I, he got, that. See, I love when Bernie's like, wait, wait, hold on. Hold, hold on. All right, I brought that back. Here we go. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. <laughs> hold on. We will not have fighting oh, with the chamber. Yeah. A right. solutionary poll. No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. <laughs> I do like that part, by the way. And part of me thought, though, like, actually, would it not have been better? Yes. Because I always think about those guys, and Tauscher brought this up when we were talking to him about it. Like, the guys who pretend to want to be held back. You know, like, I yeah. want to fight you, but wait, who's holding Are me back? Are waiting almost yes. arms behind them of, like, <laughs> yeah, where are my guys to me? hold me back? Part of me almost, not that I want violence on a, during a congressional hearing. However... It would have actually been nice to see these guys have to, okay, go ahead. I dare you. Go up and stand up there. You've both been, you know, jabbing, talking like this is actually going to happen. Go up there. Now stand in the center of the floor there and see who throws one there. Was Bernie must have been the chair, right? Yeah. He must have been trying to, to tell me, all right, stop. All We're right. done with this. Sit down. You two boys want to fight? Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. No. Hold it. So. No. You boys want to fight? The committee stands in recess. Yeah. Make go it look do like your fight. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead and do it. Make it look like a couple boys, of boys. Go ahead and fight then. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know when you're done. <laughs> so all's well that ends well, I guess. But remember, the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club.